Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 59, which begins with Mudguts meowing on top of the ice cream shop, and it ends with Jesse speeding away from the pursuing bikies. It's an interesting minute. Certainly. There's a lot of really quick shots that happen in this minute. Not so many quick shots as the destruction of the Chevy, but still a lot of back and forth a lot of focusing on individuals as they interact with each other. And we start with Mudguts in the same position that he was at the end of yesterday, sitting at the top of this ice cream shop, meowing and making these animal noises. And we kind of see that it's not just Mudguts that's there making these noises as we cut back down to Jessie and Sprague, where she really notices that there's not just this one weird person on top of the shop, she's also being followed by Starbuck and Diabando who are making all sorts of noises. Yeah, I think we heard a cow, a sheep, a monkey. Um, I think that those were the ones that stood out to me. Yeah, there's the, one of them is saying puss, 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 puss. Yes. It's like, it's just deeply unsettling. It is very unsettling. I equated it to catcalling. Mm-hmm. And I looked up catcalling and got a lot, disappointingly, I got a lot of anti-feminist answers on like the definition of catcalling. Mm-hmm. But catcalling is specifically, you know, whistling or yelling, calling out in a sexual way to a woman who is passing by. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're necessarily doing it in a sexual way. They're doing it in a bothersome, teasing, intimidating kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it's unnerving. Oh, certainly. I... <laughs> Remember when we mentioned on Tuesday the whole idea of gender politics coming into this week? Yes. This is one of those moments. Yes. Um, When we talk about catcalling, I really don't think a lot of guys catcall because they actually want to get to know the woman they're catcalling. I'm pretty sure, and I'm probably just repeating what has been said many times by, you know, women, actual women, that... It's not about attraction. It's about intimidation. It's about posturing. Mm -hmm. It's about harassment more than actual interest. It's not about complimenting someone. It's about putting someone off of their comfort. Yes. You know, they're trying to do one thing and you are interjecting into their lives forcefully, you know, via verbal or whatever gestures and things like that, trying to... Put them off their game, invading their personal space mentally more so than like creeping right up on someone because that's something entirely different. Um, Verbal harassment versus physical harassment, which unfortunately Jesse experiences both in this minute. Definitely. So I feel like each one of these gang members is definitely feeding off of every other gang member. So as one of them makes noises, the other one makes noises and they're just ramping each other up. Yes. To make her feel unsafe. Yes. And she picks up on that real quick. And just... And she just She doesn't going. run. She doesn't run. Nope. She doesn't make any sudden movement. She just progresses towards the van. Yes. So that they can get out of there. She just keeps moving. Doesn't... Doesn't show that they are affecting her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't acknowledge them. Yes. So Toe Cutter takes point. 
and he approaches Jesse and Sprog, and he attempts to entertain Sprog with yeah. something. It looks like he's wrapped in, I want to say, like dried seaweed. Yeah. Like it kind of goes from one of his shoulders, and then he's kind of got the end of it. And he's kind of holding it up, trying to like catch Sprog's attention to yes. engage the kid. Which doesn't work. No, because Sprog's so holding ice cream. Yeah, I mean, Sprog is about one years old, one year old, I think we figured out. And it's hard to know if you're not with a child day to day and know exactly what they like, you know, what toys they're currently into. It's really hard to get the attention of a child that age. You could wave something at them and it's really crapshoot on whether they're going to give a crap or not. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's like the awkward part of children is when they're not yours. And you're not always sure how to interact with them in a way that they're actually going to respond to. So, Toe Cutter is, hmm, he's trying, he's pretending to try to be nice by entertaining Sprog. And then he, he opens the back door for Jesse. And he's, yeah, he's pretending to be nice and helpful. Because honestly, how was she going to open that door by herself? She's got Sprog in one arm and an ice cream cone in the other arm. Oh, I'm sure she'd figure out some way to yeah, hook she's the a latch mom. and whatnot. Yeah, she's but, good at that kind of thing. Like, given the given the situation that we're in, though, it's just deeply unsettling the way he just comes up. And, like, this is where I was talking about getting personal space invaded. Oh, yes. Because this is a stranger coming up to interact with her child. And it's like, no. No, no. You can't just do that. You can't just walk up on a mother and start directly interacting with her child. Yeah, he Tokutter acknowledges the child before he acknowledges Jesse. Mm-hmm. And that's just not cool. Yeah. And I mean, we start seeing in this wide shot where Tokutter comes in, more of the gang members are there. Yes. Like Bubba Zanetti is Bubba. hanging off to the side and he's like kind of standing there with his hands folded and whatnot, very uh-huh. standing up straight where everyone else is kind of moving around a whole bunch but yeah it is not the time nor the place to be any sort of friendly with anyone because these are very dangerous criminals not that she knows specifically that they're criminals but she knows enough that they're bad dudes yes like they put off that air you can talk about giving everybody the benefit of the doubt and whatnot but it's like if it walks but... talks and quacks like a duck right and moos and meows and yeah yeah she was right to try and get out of there as soon as possible yes and it's probably a good thing that she made sure that sprog was stowed before trying to make any sort of move because her first priority is of course to make sure that sprog is okay yes and i i appreciate that that is true to a point Mm -hmm. later on in the minute and into the next minute as she's speeding away from this situation we see sprog is in the back screaming his head off And that fact does not bother her at all. No. Because he is in the car, and the car is speeding away, and that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. And she's not going to take the time to try and comfort Sprague, because he's fine. Yeah. There's a fight fight or flight thing. Yes. That comes in, in just a moment. Because as soon as Sprague is stowed, he's put in there, they close the back, he's safe and stowed away. And so now it's time for Jesse to move to the driver's seat. Mm Mm-hmm. And start up and go away. But Toe Cutter, like, scrambles. Like, it moves faster than she does. Because she's still trying to not make any sudden movements. Yes, to to remain calm. She doesn't bolt for the door. She moves for the door. Yeah. And so before she can get to that handle, he's there. And gets in front of her. 
and they get right up face to face and it's not so much that they're face to face but he grabs her wrist yes and he holds it up in front of him because it's the wrist she's holding the ice cream in and and she's i mean she's a short ish woman and far shorter like huge so he's like way over her Mm -hmm. just creating this wall around her and she really has nowhere to go so for the time being she kind of is stuck playing his game yes so he's got a firm hold of her wrist she can't necessarily wrestle away just yet and he's looking at her and he looks at the ice cream cone and he kind of does this like little like hmm Mm." yeah he never speaks never says anything but he motions that he wants some of her ice cream yes and he doesn't even like he doesn't even wait for approval he just kind of leans in and he just licks the top of the ice cream cone yeah that's i say you want to talk about a violation yes so leading up to this moment of the ice cream beforehand because it's he's definitely playing a game and creating a scene that he never speaks he only grunts and motions and non-verbally which we've mentioned time and time again how powerful toe cutter is non-verbally and he's trying to keep her guessing as to what's going on this isn't a classic uh, catcalling situation or physical abuse situation it's just it's not normal she doesn't know what's going on because he's being weird about it and so he's trying to bring down her defenses. So then he moves on to licking the ice cream. And he does it not in a sexy or seductive way. He does it in a very lewd and perverted way. Oh, yeah. Because he keeps his eyes locked on her the entire yes. time. And this, if this scene, okay, let's say this were Max instead of Toe Cutter. And he was taking a lick of Jesse's ice cream cone. This could have gone completely different. Like he could have kept eye contact and licked her cone and it would have been very sexy and very seductive if done... Like if it was Max with, instead of Toe Cutter. Yes. Um, so Toe Cutter is like trying to create that same feeling, but in a gross way. Mm. And he's, yeah, he's actively trying to keep her guessing and playing these mind games with her. And I just love how it doesn't work. Uh, well, see, there's no way that Jesse would be seduced by Toe Cutter. Well, no. No way whatsoever. And I think Toe Cutter is aware of that. I don't believe that Toe Cutter is of the mind that he is going to be able to seduce Jesse into doing no, anything. No, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he's trying to bring down her defenses so that he can have an easier time assaulting her in whatever way he has planned mm-hmm. and never for a second are her defenses even a little bit down yeah she is on her game this entire interaction she may not look like she has control but she does she is everything because she she gives him a look and a smile like she's into it because she's playing his game she is bringing down his defenses mm-hmm. and that works yeah it's definitely it's definitely a game of to try and find an opening on either side yes and there are no openings. Jesse gives Toe Cutter no openings. Mm-hmm. But Toe Cutter definitely gives Jesse an opening and she takes it. Yeah. But before Jesse takes that opening and while Toe Cutter is licking the top of her ice cream cone, we get this voice from the background who I attribute to Diabondo because he's one of the main ones that are there and he hasn't said anything yet. But this phrase comes out. It says, watch the tongue lovable. I've seen him lick his own eyebrow clean. And it reminded me of a joke. So a man walks into a bar 
And as he's walking through the door, this dude, who's just an ugly SOB, walks out of the bar with a lovely woman on his arm. So the man walks up to a stool and he sits down and he looks at the bartender and says, what's the story of the guy who just left? And the bartender says, well, he's ugly as sin, but he always walks out with a pretty woman because he just comes in here, orders a drink, and sits there licking his own eyebrows. That's so dirty and unsavory. Very dirty. Very unsavory. The implications alone. Yeah. And that instantly made me think of this, and it's like, oh, it's just, it's not, oh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? It's not attractive. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not attractive at all. I think this this comment and also the the way that Toe Cutter licks the ice cream clarifies their intention for her. Mm-hmm. That it, it's very clear that she will be sexually assaulted. Yeah. If they have their if they way. have their way. Yeah. Yes. If they have their way, they will have their way. Yeah. And it doesn't really it doesn't get to her. Like she stays. No. Nope. On she the ball. is cool and collected. I love the smile that she gives him. Mm-hmm. That she's acting like she's into it. She's acting like the way he's licking the ice cream cone is seducing her. And then she sees her opportunity and goes for it. Yeah, and she just great knee right to his groin. Yes. Okay, knee to the groin. And I, we actually had, we had to do some, some investigating on mm-hmm. this moment. Because when I watched it, I don't have the ability to go frame by frame. So I saw, I thought I saw... Something dark like spill on her pant leg. And honestly, honestly, the first thing I thought it was was blood. Mm -hmm. I thought that she hurt him bad enough that he bled. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to think that's really bad. No. So I'm like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I couldn't figure it out. I thought, well, maybe her ice cream cone had like vanilla on top and chocolate in the bottom. But it just wasn't quite right. So I had, I went over it with you frame by frame and we figured out that she has like a feather or something in her pocket yeah either in her pocket or sticking out of her pant leg you can kind of see it as she's it's walking like a along low the side like of the car. thigh pocket yeah like as she's walking along the side of the car you can see it she's just got like and it's not like a single it's like a, a couple a couple of feathers just yeah. sticking out of her pant leg which i guess must have been a style thing like i said oh no i think she like saw these feathers and like oh those feathers are pretty and she picked them up put them in her pocket (laughs) which is not is not recommended like if you see feathers on the ground it is recommended that you leave them there because birds carry diseases like they're not clean animals no but i mean as a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s i did the same thing if you saw a feather that was pretty picked it up you know like i did that as a kid so it's just a I think it's a sign of the times. Yeah. That she was collecting feathers that like, she saw. Ooh, pretty, and then she'd put it in her pocket. And yes, absolutely. But yeah, I mean it's a quick shot of her putting that knee into toe cutter. Yes. And so so as the knee moves forward, the feathers are whipped back, and it yeah, it looks like a splash of something, you know, dark and brown across her tan pant leg. Yes. And yeah, the implication that that would have been blood would have been I know horrifying. Yes. As if, like, Jessie has spikes or razor blades hidden in her pant leg for just that situation. Uh-huh. Which probably would be more appropriate for, like, later movies down the road. Yeah. For for that sort of body armor or, or whatnot. Reminds me of Logan. Yeah, it kind of does. The, the girl has 
blades in the in her the feet in her feet what are those what are they called again oh yeah feet Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) so her maneuvering here is really fantastic she's really smart about it so she knees him in the groin and at the same time shoves the ice cream cone in his face Mm -hmm. which gets his hand off of her wrist yes between the knee and the ice cream in the face she's let her go yes and he's distracted. So she I takes, dare say incapacitated. Yeah. So she takes that opportunity to step back from him and go for the door. Yes. Pull it open. And we kind of see Toe Cutter put his hands on himself and, and then kind of fall, to his fall knees. forward. <laughs> we get a great shot of the ice cream all oh, over yeah. his face. <laughs> as soon as he hits the ground, the ice cream cone, which is still stuck to his face, just kind of tumbles off and the whole side of his face is just covered yes. with ice cream. Which is very satisfying because we've seen him do some really horrendous things. Yeah. And have this little moment of humiliation and pain. Oh, it's so satisfying. It is satisfying. <laughs> For as despicable as a character as he is to have something like this happened to him a yes. knee in the groin and ice cream just all over his face and be like yes yep. take that so because she... you don't mess with jesse <laughs> <laughs> so she gets in the car she still has to get away from the rest of the group who is not incapacitated mm-hmm. who is ready and primed to chase after her and she manages to dodge all of them yeah she starts up the car accelerates and kind of and she has to turn around too you know She's does pointed a in nice, the wrong direction a nice sweeping arc making sure she keeps her speed up that way none of them have a chance to like open the door or get a good handhold mm-hmm. but who is it that so we jumps actually on see as she's making this loop that Diabondo has grabbed onto the roof rack and is trying to hold on. And yes. the fact that she's making this turn, it actually flings him off. Yes. So maybe being pointed in the wrong direction was to her advantage mm-hmm. rather than disadvantage. Yeah. Although being able to make a straight shot pull away would right. have been useful too. But with Diabondo back there the whole time, it would be she'd have to difficult. Like, she'd have to swerve back and forth. Which we see a lot in the movies, mm-hmm. swerving back and forth to get someone off of your car. She would have had to do that to get rid of him. So, job done. Yeah. And I mean, it's a lot of the lieutenants that are out here chasing her. Yes. Obviously, you've got Mudgut, Starbuck, and um, Diabondo that are there. I don't think we see Bubba Zanetti try and chase after them at all. That doesn't uh, that seem seems, his style. That seems beneath him. Yeah. Yeah. But not only are they out there, but Clunk has also come up yep. from the beach as well. So, she's got... Like four big dudes chasing after her. Chasing after her. And so she just guns it trying to get out of there. Um, Despite all of their moving around to keep her, she she does get away. Yep, she gets away. So she's heading down the road. And we get a quick shot inside the car of Sprague. Yes. Still holding on to his ice cream. Okay, now I call a little bit of BS on him still holding on to that ice cream. Yeah. I think, I mean, we know some toddlers. And for them to hold on to one object that long... Is just kind of crazy. If it's not a car or a truck, mm-hmm. then uh, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. I think him sitting up still is pretty impressive, too. Yes. With the way that she whipped that car yeah, around. Yeah, how did he not, like, fall down? You know, he probably did fall down. He probably and got, got back himself up. back up. But the fact that he's still holding on to that <laughs> ice cream. still got the ice cream. And that the whole back of that van isn't covered in ice cream is right. pretty remarkable. <laughs> for sure. So now it becomes important that Kundalini was separated from the group. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to point out that he was separated from the group. He wasn't part of any of this beforehand. 
He doesn't know what the story is. No, if anything, he saw it happening at a distance. Yeah. And the way the van was oriented, he wouldn't necessarily have seen full view what Jesse did to Toe Cutter. Right. But he would have definitely seen the rest of the gang members trying to stop the van. Yes. So he takes that as a cue to, okay, I'm going to help and see what I can do. Yeah. So he grabs that chain. If he had just, like, not done that, he'd be a lot happier by the end of this movie. Yeah. So he's standing there on the side of the road and he's swinging this chain around that we mentioned the other day. Yep. And as Jesse speeds by, he swings the chain at the car. Which perfectly loops itself around the roof rack. Yeah. Which I I imagine that he was probably trying to hit the windshield. That would make a lot more sense. I feel like that was his... scare her. Yeah. That was his original plan for him to hit the windshield, shatter it, and then she has to stop because of a shattered windshield. And we've seen... At least twice, a shattered windshield threw somebody off the side of the road. Mm-hmm. So, it's worked before. Yeah. So, like you said, we see the chain perfectly wrap around the roof rack for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to call a little bit BS on this specific shot of the roof rack, though, because it looks like the front corner of the roof rack, but later on we see that it's actually the back corner. Yeah. Like the way the shot is done. Yes. It just looks off. And speaking of off, (laughs) as the chain wraps around the roof rack, it goes taut. And the next thing we see is Kundalini being pulled from his feet and then just flung along the the ground. Yes. And you can see that he is holding his arm. But that's all we know right now. Mm -hmm. We, We know nothing about what may or may not have happened. Yeah. And this view out of the back window is pretty much how we end this minute. Yes. With all of these gang members running down the road. (laughs) <laughs> and poor Kundalini just rolling around, writhing in pain. Yeah. I think we'll catch the very end of this scene in the next minute. But by the end of this minute, the 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 gang members that are chasing Jesse have caught up to Kundalini. And I it does not appear that they stop to help him right. at all. Uh, I don't recall. We'll have to look again before... Before the next minute, if they ever do stop to help him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, at the end of this encounter, not that it's completely over that they're out of the woods just yet, but based on what we saw, what did you think of Jessie's course of action? Her performance. I thought it was perfect. I'm not sure that she could have done anything more or better to change the ultimate outcome. Mm Mm-hmm. She was all she was pre-selected to be harassed. You know, it, once she decided to go get ice cream, it set the events in motion that she had no control over. What she did have control over was how she reacted to the harassment and ignoring it and acting like it wasn't there and just walking at a normal pace, doing things that she would have normally done. She would have put Sprague in the back. And then move towards the driver's seat. Everything was normal, normal paced. She didn't panic. She stayed very calm. That was perfect, I think. And then how she how she interacted with Toe Cutter, turning his game around on him. Mm-hmm. I think most women would love to do that to their harassers. Like in hindsight, if I had done X, Y, and Z and turned it around on them, you know, things may have turned out differently. But, you know, Jesse does have the benefit of hindsight because the script is written for her. Yeah. It's, it's a lot harder to have that wherewithal when you're being harassed to in your mind go okay well if they're playing this game with me here's how i can play that game back that's really difficult and some people have that talent i am not one of those people 
I don't know how I would react in a situation like that. I mean, you know, my heart would be racing, my throat would be drying out. I would want to run that fight or flight. I am a flight person. Uh, but she just, oh, she kept her cool and she played his game and she turned it around on him to great effect. It was, it was perfect. I don't, I don't know if she could have done any better. Mm. I have to wonder how the scene would have been different if Max had been there though. Because well, we know that they're not, that the gang isn't afraid of men being in the situation. I mm -hmm. mean, they did the exact same thing to Lair's girlfriend that they did to Lair. So, yeah. although I'm sure Max is armed, but... Well, we already know there's a shot. Well, we don't already know. Um, well, we, we know, know because of what we see later on that, that there is a shotgun in the in back the, of that car. In the car. But would they have... I mean, Jesse had the same access to the shotgun that... Max would have had. Mm -hmm. It's not on Max's person. It's in the car. Yeah. So, I mean, is she just so not into shotguns that she doesn't know how? The tricky part of this situation is that she is vastly outnumbered. Yes. And she definitely plays it like she realizes that. Mm -hmm. So if Max had been there... They still would have been outnumbered. Yes. I think the, the thing about Max being there is, would Bubba have recognized Max as being a police officer? Hmm. Because having Max there may have actually made the situation more dangerous. I think it would have made the situation worse because Max would not have played it the way that Jesse would have. He would have gone all cop on them and, you know, done his police thing. Even if he had gotten the shotgun, I think it would have just accelerated the violence mm -hmm. of the gang. Because for as ferocious and seemingly unorganized as they are... The fact that Diabondo was already at the back of the van when Jesse started speeding off, they were slowly surrounding yes. that vehicle. Yes. You know, I kind of assumed that Toe Cutter took point because he was the leader and this one was for him. Mm -hmm. But maybe he took point as a distraction. Yeah. To so, let his guys get into get, get around. In, yeah. To get into position. Yeah. I mean, I found this scene very stressful. Oh, yeah. This is like... This is like my worst nightmare. Like you're just doing something normal, you know, you're just getting ice cream and to be surrounded and accosted by intimidating people. That's, that's, that's like, it's my nightmare. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I found it very stressful. I found it very stressful to analyze this minute. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, my, my emotional response is to just get through it, to skip over it and get to interesting things happening later. Mm hmm but this is an interesting thing that happens, and it is very, it's worthy of analyzing minutely. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad that we were able to look at it so closely, because as I was listening to the crew commentary, they don't really yeah, talk they about like this scene over a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know we've made comments before about the disregarding of the female characters. I, I think that's kind of another indication of it. And I don't want to go all feminazi, but you know, this very important scene that that just, it, it's so telling about both sides, about Jesse and the gang. It, it, it gives us so much information about them. Mm -hmm. And it was such an important scene and they didn't have anything to say about it. The only thing, as they were talking about the scene, it was more about Oh, coming up is the part with Kundalini. Yeah, they were all about they were, Kundalini's Yeah, they were already off. off on Kundalini and completely had nothing to say about... Yeah, you can tell that it's uncomfortable for them as much as it was uncomfortable for us. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. 
but yeah but the difference is we dove into it and analyzed it and had things to say yeah of course the major advantage that we have over a commentary track is that they have to keep time with the movie yes we (laughs) do not nope not at all (laughs) we can take three months to analyze a 90 minute movie exactly exactly so we're gonna wrap this scene up tomorrow as jesse beats feet back to max so join us tomorrow for that in the meantime our website is madmaxminute.com you can follow us on twitter at madmaxminute and like us on facebook at facebook.com slash madmaxminute thank you for joining us for mad max minute number 59 we'll see you tomorrow motorbikes and men take me to the end of the dream 